This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi guys, it's Hillary here. Just a quick note, this series does deal with a lot of tough subject matter that may be difficult for some listeners. So please keep this in mind when and where you choose to listen to these episodes. Andrew, North Carolina sits just outside of Raleigh. It's a quaint town with a mix of commuters rushing off to their jobs, young families raising their kids, and that nostalgic country lifestyle. But on October 12, 2013, tragedy strikes. A young man is shot and killed by his father-in-law in broad daylight. And it leads us to wonder, what happened that day? And how did it end in death? Last episode, we answered some of your mid-season questions. And on this episode, we will begin our exploration into the Christian Griggs story in Anger, North Carolina. I'm Hillary Burton Morgan, and this is True Crime Story, It Couldn't Happen Here. Welcome to another episode. We are back at it, examining a brand new case this week. I'm here with Dan, Poe, and Andrew. You know, this case that we are going to cover, this is one of the ones that really keeps me up at night. You know, I watched it again this morning just to get ready to record and I cried, you know, I cry every single time I watch this episode. So let's get into it. It is our Andrew North Carolina episode focusing on the death of Christian Griggs. Now, for those of you who have not seen it, Christian Griggs was a young black man who was shot six times by his white father-in-law, Pat Chisenhall. Pat claims self-defense and he invoked the Castle Doctrine, which is a law that basically grants a person the right to use deadly force to protect themselves and their property. A lot of the stories that we cover are obvious that there's been a murder. And in this case, there's a shooting and a death, a homicide. But it's unclear from law enforcement's point of view if this was a murder or not, if this was a self-defense homicide or if it was an intentional murder. And I think that most of the stories that we cover 
where it's a question of whether it was murder or suicide. And I think this is the only case where we know who did the shooting, but we don't know what the circumstances were surrounding that. And that's what we sort of piece together. Right. You know when it happened, where it happened, who did it, and who the victim is right off the bat. And so what's the struggle with that? I mean, normally in the structure of our TV show, we don't find out who the real killer is until maybe the third act, fourth act, sometimes the second act. But from the jump on this episode, we know exactly who pulled the trigger. It's not a murder mystery. It's not a whodunit. We know who done it. And it's not a wrongful conviction either. There is a mystery in our minds, but there certainly wasn't a mystery to the police, apparently. It's a why did this shooting happen? And how. And how. Let's talk about how we were introduced to this story. Luckily, the show garnered enough interest and people watched it that we started getting calls and DMs and emails about cases that people thought we should look into. It was like the most welcome thing in the world because people coming and saying, there's a case I know in my town. That's how you had the idea for the show. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Just as a reminder, the case that sort of instigated our TV show was the Nikki Automondo case here in upstate New York. Someone came to me in my town and they said, okay, Hillary, there's a problem with the way this case is being covered. There's a problem with the way the judge is speaking to this young woman in our town. And yeah, I agreed. So I went to AMC and Sundance and I said, hey, can we start addressing some of these problems? And so Christian's case and hearing about it through a DM, through his eighth grade school teacher, Nicole Norton, it just felt very similar to the way I initially heard about Nikki's case. It was someone who knew the parties and was concerned that justice had not been properly served. She had watched the first season. Yes. And that's what made her say, I think they need to look at this. On September 30th of 2021, Nicole Norton wrote to me, the story of Christian Griggs is worth looking into. He was my former student in North Carolina, shot and killed by his father-in-law. His father-in-law was a white pastor. And that's it. She'd sent this to me via Instagram and my DMs. And the fact that a former community member reached out about one of her students, you can't find something more small town than that, you know? She'd moved on in her life and was still haunted that, oh, I've lost this kid who I knew in a tender age. And loved and admired. She thought he was great, mm -hmm. you know? Knew his family in the community. Yeah. For sure. When we talked to Nicole and to hear her describe Christian as just, so much potential. Just a kid who was bright and eager and everybody loved. And she just like, this is one of the kids that's really going to go somewhere, who's really going to do something right. with his life. Christian Griggs was a student of mine. I'm a eighth grade math teacher. And in, I can't remember now what year it was, but he was in my class. And he was one of those students that just always stands out. Uh, big, bright smile, athletic, um, intelligent, from a good family, just really going places. And um, unfortunately, I learned after I had moved to Virginia that he had been killed. And it's just a, a story that I can't get out of my mind because that doesn't match the kid that I knew. Right. And that he wasn't a rule breaker, that he was really polite and that he was really like a team player. And she's a white teacher. It's somebody from the white community saying, actually, I think that there's big issues and racism plays a part. We went down to Andrew, North Carolina for this. We flew into Raleigh. You know, I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina for the better part of a decade and would spend so much time in Raleigh because that's where my childhood best friend lived. 
it was hard for me to cover this case because when you love a place the way I love parts of North Carolina, you expect good behavior. You expect them to be kind to one another. You expect there not to be corruption. And as we dug into this case, we had to deal with the very real current corruption and past corruption. So when you look at Harnett County, where Andrew's located, it sits right next door to Johnston County, which has been described as Klan country. You know, this is a place where KKK billboards were erected in the late 1960s and were up for a full decade. And so there's photographic evidence on the internet, and it certainly still lives in the memory of a lot of the residents there. Were you aware of that when we went down there? We became aware of it. I mean, once we looked at this case and decided this was a story that we were going to tell, we looked into the history of the area. And then the existing political tensions. I mean, that is shocking to me. In the 1960s, during the civil rights demonstrations, the dormant Ku Klux Klan once again began gaining momentum. Bob Jones was the most influential Grand Dragon in the county. And in just three years, he grew the North Carolina Klan from a handful of friends to 10,000 members. This is in the 60s. This isn't a long time ago. And so for Christian Griggs' family, they are one of the few Black families in this community. Raleigh is certainly more diverse. But then when you leave that city center area and you get out into the more rural setting, that diversity slowly fades away. There's two things. There's the black and white, but then there's also the long-term residents and the newcomers. There are a lot of new people coming into town because it's not far from the colleges. It's not far from places where people would move to to work, to go to school. But you get that sense from families who have had generational have been in the area. You cannot put blinders onto that stuff. You just can't. And so we will be digging into that in later episodes and how it all plays out in this case. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Let's set up the town a little bit. So Andrew, North Carolina, what is it like? It's a small town that has a really nice little downtown area with some restaurants and coffee shops. And it's a really cute downtown. And it's close to some other larger places of employment, you know, the universities and various military bases. There's places to work. So it's a nice town to raise your family in. Even though it's far from a city, it still has a slightly more suburban feel than many of the town towns that we've been to. Yeah. But, but either you're in agriculture in Harnett County, where Andrew is, or these new folks that have moved in in the past 20 years are looking for a little slower country life, quiet. And they're commuters. I mean, the Griggs family, they moved to Andrew, North Carolina to be close to the military base. They were a military family, and Christian himself served. What stood out to you guys about the little downtown historic district of Andrew, North Carolina? It was really cute. I mean, right downtown, we were looking to talk to people and kind of get a sense of what the town was like from the people who live there. And we went down this one street where there was a little coffee shop, and we went in there to talk to the folks who ran the place, and they were very welcoming and said, yes, you should have lunch here too, you know? <laughs> right, right. And you could talk to any of the customers who come in and out. And so we went outside. It was a Sunday, I think. And we're outside. People were waiting to get in. I mean, this is a popular place. This is where people go after church to have Sunday lunch. We watched that church release happen in real time because when we parked the car and got out, it was a ghost town. There was like nobody. And all of a sudden... I guess it was noon, and you start seeing all the cars with the families come in from all the different four corners, and they're all, like, trying to find street parking. And everyone ends up at this spot. Yeah, and it was nice. It was nice to see that people weren't going off to some, you know, big restaurant outside of town. It's a well-kept small downtown. It's on the smaller side, I would say, but everything is nice. There's a very nice park there, you know, there's a lot of local small businesses in terms of restaurants. There's a town clock or there a is. bank clock. There was the train museum. Yeah. That was so cute. Yeah, I think there had been a train stop there. Of course, the train had moved wherever it was now, but that was a historical museum right there yeah. and, on that square. As a matter of fact, you know, normally when I go into a town for the first time, I'm looking for all the relevant items, a water tower, the local church. Mm-hmm. You love train tracks. Love train tracks. Good to get a train. Everybody loves choo-choos. Well, it's a good, (laughs) it's a good, a train whizzing by is a nice edit point for you to get out of one scene into another. And with Hillary, when she goes to a town, we aren't just standing somewhere and then she reads copy. Hillary is, she's a word crafter. We have points we want to hit. We discuss kind of how we want to encapsulate the story we're going to tell and what we're doing there. And then we explore. And we do it really off the cuff, but we walk and talk often doing so. So we are filming Hillary, exploring the town and getting her impressions 
and talking about the different subject matters and how it all fits together and what she's seeing. And Andrew will be shooting this walking backwards. He often will refuse to have a spotter, which would be the person who walks behind him to make sure he doesn't fall over and kill himself and smash the camera in his head. Stripping over sidewalks and we're trying and really trees hard. and We're trying really hard to make him not fall off into the street and not bang into a pole. And then he's getting every angle and we're trying to stay out of the frame and pepper questions to Hillary and let Andrew do this without dying. If you go to the shoe store with me, I test all of my shoes walking backwards. Do you? (laughs) Of course you do. Yeah, he loves doing that in the middle of traffic. He's like, no, no, let's just cross the street with cars zipping past. I'm going to walk backwards and be blind because I have a camera attached to my face. And we're always like, Andrew's in traffic again. It's like, yeah, but the background is so great. So, (laughs) What's your backward walking shoe of choice? Uh, I have big feet, so every time I go to buy shoes, my old model of shoe is gone. Totally. You know, we need to get him wheelies so he can just start to be his own dolly. He oh, can, like, no. wheel backwards. I, Please you know, don't even suggest yeah, that, Hillary. with the little lights that flash, uh-huh. like the kids. Yeah, yeah, that way they can see you coming. Okay, look, the walk and talk for me is a two birds, one stone situation, because while we're telling people what the basis of the case is, we're also letting them see the town for themselves. You know, we're moving along a path together. And so rather than tell them everything we're seeing, it's the show. Don't tell, you know, let them just experience it with us. I think you're just great at noticing the little details. I think in Anger, we're walking down that sidewalk in front of the restaurant and there's in the cement, some handprints in the cement. And Oh, I forgot about that. Hillary just walks up. Her hands fit perfectly in these handprints. And, you know, you spent so much time in North Carolina. You're like, I'm I'm home. I belong here. Hold on, Hillary. Just try to to keep this distance from me because I don't want to point too far. Slower. Well, just if you notice this sort of distance. Yeah. Oh, all these handprints are kind of great, Andrew. I'll just stop. Yeah. Stop there. Just go ahead and let's walk and just do that. Yeah. Cool thing about living in a small town is that you can like literally leave your mark on the town. If you're the business, put your hand in the concrete. Hang out for decades. That's cute. It's like little kid hands. I wonder if they're all grown up now. God, Dan, I forgot about that. You're right. It was going home. And so it added a layer of complexity because it's like you're going back to this place you love to critique it. And it's like you're talking about your parents' divorce. It's like, God, I love these people, but I got to talk about something really messy right now. The thing with all the people that we recorded on camera with, there is clearly a very happy, prideful, in a positive way. They're very proud of their town. They feel very open and welcoming. They clearly want to talk about their town and are friendly to strangers coming in. There was a southernness of that kind of southern hospitality feeling, right? Absolutely. They were very welcoming and they did have a lot of pride for the town. I think everybody, yeah, it was pretty welcoming. Yeah, let's just hear from some folks in Andrew about what it's like to live there. Tell me about that. Tell me what it's like to live in a town for as long as you have. Well, <laughs> you everybody's your friend. You know everybody and you know what's going in, on in their life because you're seeing them every day. And, and my mother worked with my dad in the grocery store. So it was, it was a family thing. And you, you just learn everybody in town, so everybody's your friend. 
So do you hear, like, you know what's going on with people? Do people, like, tell everybody kind of what's going on with everybody else? Well, if there's news, everybody knows the news, and especially if it's something that's out of the ordinary. So, yeah, you pretty know much, pretty much what's going on in town, especially if you live uptown and if you're in town all the time. So it's your typical small town. I mean, everybody knows everybody and kind of knows what's going on. I would also like to point out that they have the Crepe Myrtle Festival. So for those of you who don't know, crepe myrtles, they're these like beautiful trees that have fuchsia and white flowers all over them and this really cool bark that's multicolored. And like I've lived in North Carolina, North Carolinians are proud of their crepe myrtle trees. And so to be in the Cape Myrtle capital, that was thrilling for us. But let's also talk about some of the other people we met. I mean, I think one of our favorites was Reverend Brian. How'd we meet him? We were right outside of the restaurant and we were kind of grabbing folks as they came and went. I don't remember who. Did someone suggest him to us or was he just outgoing? He he was out on the street. He was out, again, in and out of that restaurant. We interviewed him right outside the restaurant. There's a little picnic tables and stuff in the little area. So we sat just outside there at the picnic table. Let's go ahead and hear that clip because we do ask him about his thoughts on race living in the town of Angier. Oh, yeah, but I've been born, I was born and raised here 40 plus years. <laughs> and as a local leader, pastor, singer, musician, um, there's a lot of gelling here. I, I haven't personally seen, um, and it's been quite covert as it is in most places, um, but it is usually. If it is exposed, it is dealt with in unity, usually. Uh, if, if racism or any racial issues um, are exposed, usually they're handled. Um, uh, the faith leaders come together, uh, meet with other individuals in the community, leaders. And so it's usually handled pretty swiftly. As a second cousin of George Floyd, they know I'll fight for any injustice, any racial issue, um, as I did for him and others. Um, uh, but I haven't seen that in the last few years. Uh, we're even represented in terms of town, um, uh, race, the leaders, um, elections. It's, it's pretty uh, much civil. So as we were talking about earlier, I mean, this is a case that's definitely about race. You have a black man who was shot by his white father-in-law, but it's also a case about guns and the right to protect yourself. Because remember, Pat Chisholm, Christian's white father-in-law, He claims self-defense under the Castle Doctrine. And the Second Amendment is something that's really important to a lot of people in North Carolina. There are rights. Um, And if, and your question as to, do I feel that it would have been justified? Of course. Um, I have a gun permit. Most people do, particularly now. If my life is in danger, absolutely. Then I must defend myself. If my family's in danger, my wife, Lamika, absolutely. Somebody's gonna die. Or, or, or be stopped. If you come into my home unannounced, then I have every right to defend myself. If I see someone else in danger, absolutely. But if my only indictment is that, is that my color is not yours, is that my melanin is darker than yours, then that is not justified ever because that, that signifies that that act was done out of hate. But you're supposed to represent love but you take it upon yourself to be God for a moment. Now you show me where that's right. You show me what scripture validates that. And then we'll have another conversation. Reverend Davis tells us here that he is a gun owner. You know, most people in North Carolina 
either a gun owners or supportive of that. It is a Second Amendment state. I used to shoot guns every weekend when I lived in North Carolina. My dad is a skeet shooter, you know? That is a normal pastime. Did he bring up guns or did you bring up guns? We did ask everybody who we talked to about guns and about their thoughts, if they had anything pro, con, whatever. And most people, yeah, like you said, embrace the right to bear arms, for sure. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We noticed something in town that there was a bit of visual division. We had signs regarding guns in the town. What do you remember about that signage, Andrew? Because you're the one that had to go and shoot all that. It's always the same signage, which is guns and firearms are not permitted in this establishment. And those would be restaurants, bars, whatever establishment decides to say no guns allowed. And that's a predominantly a sign that you will see in states, and North Carolina is one of them, where Open carry, which is the ability to carry a pistol or any firearm or a rifle on your shoulder, on your hip, in North Carolina, it doesn't require a permit. Well, yeah. I mean, there were other signs on the street, too, that were very much in support of the use of guns. You know, like if you come into my establishment uninvited, we will shoot you first and ask questions later. Trespassers will be shot. I mean, we were doing a walk and talk past a building and there was a big sticker to my left trespassers will be shot. And it's one thing to like, see the bumper sticker and put it up, you know, and have a nice laugh with your buddies about it. The reality that you would take someone's life for trespassing 
that's horrific. I right. mean, I don't know how many people actually just really think about that. I mean, a lot of people do. They say if you're looting, then you deserve to be shot. That's where property is more valuable than human life. And that's been a major conversation because, you know, how can that be the rule? Of course, you don't want people marauding around and stealing and looting and destroying things. But the idea that property like is a for, shootable is offense, a, a yeah. sh- you know, and I mean, there was a barbershop owner who said, yep, I have Second Amendment. I own a gun. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, me myself, I'm a concealed weapon carrier. So I have a gun. I carry a gun 100% of the time, you know. It's just for protection. That's all it's for, you know. I never come across anyone like that. I hope I'll never have to come across anyone to use a gun, you know what I mean? Now, I, I'd rather talk a situation out and walk away from it than have to pull the gun out and use it or have anyone pull it out and use it on me, you know. I'd rather do that than anything else. So. So it's not the first choice, it's... Last choice. Using a gun is the last choice to be, you know. A lot of times, I think you should be able to walk away from a situation than anything else, you know. That's the last thing you want to do to hurt someone or you get hurt in the process or anything like that. You know what I'm You don't want to hurt nobody. You don't want nobody to hurt you. But you will protect you and your family. That's everyone. Anyone going to do that. There's a certain amount of responsible gun ownership, right? Yes, you have a right to have a gun, and I have a right to have a gun in my establishment and defend my property. But we're also going to regulate and not have everybody come into my place with guns that they're going to get into an argument and shoot each other. You know what I mean? Right, but then he uh, wants self-regulation, but those are very often the people who are not into well, government but it, regulation. But it's very much self-regulation. I think that it works. Well, what is certain? Does it? What is certain in North Carolina is that, yes, there's a gun culture. Yes, people value their Second Amendment right highly, and they have laws that allow you to open carry. It is part of the fabric. And I guess the big question or where that leads to is, it does have consequences with legislation. And yeah, of course, Second Amendment, we have the right to defend ourselves. I believe in gun rights, but I believe in regulation. It's a bravado. There is a bravado that comes in when you're putting signs out saying you will be shot. And I think there was a second part of that, right? Trespassers will be shot and survivors will be shot again. Yes, God, that's what it was. That's why it was so jarring, because it was just like gross. But if you live there, it's normal. And that's a funny joke. Yeah, it is normalized. We called them wordless signs when you would put a piece of tin with a whole bunch of buckshot through it at the end of your driveway, because without saying anything, everyone knew that there was a gun on that property. And so it's, you know, getting the point across. A deterrent. Yes. I think it's safe to say that in this area of North Carolina that you're going to find more homes with guns than without. Yeah. And so, you know, the gun thing obviously plays a huge part in this story. It makes you wonder how differently things might have turned out if there weren't guns on the premises that day and if everyone would have been able to walk away. And unfortunately, that's not what happened. So let's go ahead and get into what we know happened that day. It's October 12th, 2013 in Andrew, North Carolina, and a 911 call comes in from Christian's wife, Katie. Let's play that. someone at my house. My husband is in my yard acting crazy, threatening me, threatening my dad. And what's your name? Katie Griggs. And you said this was your dad? 
my husband. Your husband. What's the phone number of your husband? And what's your husband's name? Christian Griggs. And I'm at, I live right beside my parents' house, but I'm at their house, just right beside them. Okay, and does he have any weapons on him? I don't know. <clears throat> Has he threatened you in any way? Yeah. What did he? Well, I mean, and threatening my dad. Has he assaulted you? Not today. Is he drinking or doing drugs? He has. I don't know. He has warrants out. I went last night. He showed his ass then too. What kind of warrants are um, he was beating on my door last night to domestic trespassing, I think was what they called it, and damage to the property that he did. What's his date of birth? And I'll have to check that. 2-22-90. Okay. And he is still at this other location, correct? He is on my front porch. Okay. All right. I'll get somebody started that way. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So what you just heard is Katie, Christian's wife, calling 911 and telling the dispatcher that she and her dad, Pat Chisenhall, are being threatened by Christian. And we ended up using the 911 calls for our cold open. Dan, can you tell us what a cold open is? It's the very beginning of the show before the title sequence comes up. So it comes on immediately at the beginning of the show. And the idea is to sort of get the viewers to have a quick sense of what this story is going to be about what the main focus, what the crux is, something to hook them in to understand where we're going with it. And it's there to entice you to continue watching. Sure. And 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 to set the table for what you're going to see. Exactly. And there's different ways you could do that, right? A a traditional tease of saying, here's some small sort of sample of what the story is. More like a trailer. Right. Or. Or actually a scene where we're not explaining to the audience what it is that they're seeing. We're just coming right into a scene that an audience would look at and say, what is this? What's going on here? And raises a question. I love a cold open that hooks you in and sets the table in a way that makes you say, wait, what's this? You know, you get a few pieces, but you don't understand the full context of what's being said, but it's in your head. And that's going to be in your head throughout until you get to that point. And I think with using the 911 call, this is actuality. This is real stuff that happened. There's no opinion on this yet. No opinion on this yet. This isn't something that we're reading from a transcript. It's not somebody telling us after the fact. It's in the moment. And that's really powerful. It's easy to just be like, oh, 911, there's a murder. This one was particular because that is a giant piece of evidence, actually. What's crazy, because you hear it, right? I'm sure the people who are hearing it for the first time right now, it seems pretty cut and dry. Exactly. The way we use the 911 call in this is a little bit different because we set up with it and then we go back to it and see it from different angles with new information. That's different. In this case, we know the who, what, when, where, and how. And the only thing we don't know is why. And that's the entire crux. So the reason this case stands out to me is because it's the thing I was fighting for with this show. I said when we pitched the show, that there are two bad guys in every one of our stories. There's the person who pulled the trigger, and then there is the system. And if the system is ever to be critiqued, it is this case. The systemic fuck-ups in this case keep me awake at night. Hell yeah. So we don't need to know who the trigger man is. We don't need to know who the aggressor is. The system is the failure. 
And so that's exactly what we're going to dive into as we examine the shooting of Christian Griggs by his father-in-law, Pat Chisenhall. How the system failed not only Christian, but his whole family as well. We'll begin to unpack this tragic case next week as we go through the timeline of what happened on October 12th, 2013. That's it for this week's episode of True Crime Story, It Couldn't Happen Here. But be sure to join us next week as we dive deeper into the Christian Griggs case. Tony arrives at the Chisholm Hall house to find Christian laying on the porch within a minute or two of him being shot. Had he just gotten there a minute earlier? This is what Tony's main regret is. Yeah. Why did he leave? How could he have gotten there too late? He was respecting his son, and that's the thing. It's not his fault. Join us next week as we continue to roll up our sleeves and dig in. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't watched Sundance TV's true crime story, It Couldn't Happen Here, you can catch all of our episodes streaming on AMC+. For more information about this and other cases we've covered, follow our social media handles at I-C-H-H stories on Instagram and Twitter. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.